1: Chase Redshirt King Wassenar. I am a free agent head coach and analyst, as well as a contributor at Slingshot Esports. And welcome to week nine of the EU LCS Guest the Lions podcast presented by Slingshot. It's week nine, ladies and gentlemen. We are here. We have finally reached the home stretch as we now prepare for these European playoffs. There's only one more week of action, one more week for teams to fight for their right to either party in the offseason or at the very least avoid hanging out with all those losers over the relegation side of the table. It's going to be a very interesting week filled with laughs and tears, mostly tears on my end, I would expect, given how Rockette's done so far. But who knows? We'll have to find out. And I can't think of anyone else I'd rather break down all this madness with me than my good friend Walter C. 80s FedChuck. Walter, how are you doing, man? You know, I'm, I'm
0: enjoying this because what better way to end the best-of-two format of the European LCS, then, you know, with a team like Splice as a top-two team in Europe, with a team like Giants as a top-four team in Europe, and Origin as a bottom-two team in Europe, preseason predictions, they just don't matter, folks. Just absolutely nothing matters, because Europe, Europe, where crazy happens...
1: I feel like for preseason predictions nowadays, we should just get a free do-over if you're an analyst about two weeks in, because there's no way that anyone who made a prediction on Origin makes the same prediction if they know that their 80 carry was going to be X Peke and a literal toaster. Like that's that's something where I feel like that was permanent information when we made our predictions. But you know what? That's what we have to do. We go with the flow here in Europe, and we're gonna go with the flow on this podcast. We've broken it down into four groups of spots that we're going to talk about. The first one, obviously the one that everyone is most excited for, the battle for ninth place. Now, Rocket right now is three points behind Origin. Uh, Origin is two points away from the seventh seed, but just based on the schedule that they have to play, neither one of these seeds is likely to take a whole bunch of wins this week. They are underdogs in all of their games, and with the exception of one, it's not particularly close so, chances are, this is the battle for ninth place here. And whichever team can come up with enough points to avoid that dreaded 10 spot does not have to play Millennium before even having the right to enter the double elimination tournament that will decide who comes back next split. So, with those high stakes on the line, let's start with my boys, Rockat. They're playing Fnatic. This is not a fun game. Matchup, if you're a Rock fan, is there any part of this where you say Rock At maybe has an advantage over Fnatic that might help him get, you know, because every point counts <laughs> at this point?
0: Advantage, um, <laughs> advantage, advantage. Um, well, normally with Fnatic, you go, well, you know, their support doesn't get caught out as often as Yellowstar, but, uh, yeah, Raze, Ray's is just, just not one of those supports you can say that about. Um, I think maybe the, the duo of Steelback and Betsy is a little stronger than the seal, the, the duo of Reckless and Fibibin in terms of the, the, like, amount of pressure that's on them to carry. Well, and, you know, beating Shulk is one thing. Beating Fnatic is an entirely different beast because the type of untempered aggression that you get out of Gilius that is so easy to exploit, you know, it's like a raging wildfire. And when you get to Spirit and his aggression... It's not a wildfire. It is a very directed flamethrower. It's almost like a laser, how precise his type of aggression is and how he's able to exploit certain things and the way that he passed through the jungle. And I just don't think it's exploitable. And I just don't think that Rockett has the talent to really beat Fnatic when it comes to team fighting and when it comes to macro play. So despite the fact that Rocket did absolutely ruin our four-team teaser last week, um, I I don't see a repeat, and I especially don't see a repeat against Fnatic, even though Fnatic has been slumping the last couple weeks.
1: Yeah, I would say that the one thing that has really hurt Fnatic recently is... Their inability to team fight on the level of a splice or a G2. They just don't seem to have the coordination there. And I think some of that is a holdover with the shot calling mess that they created when Yellowstar originally left the team. Suddenly, you had Forbidden and Reckless, midlaner and AD carry. These are not usually positions you like to shot call unless you're Burex, in which case you just do everything and everything is fine. And it didn't go very well for them. They made some mistakes, but they did also have at least a cohesive identity when teamfights came down because these were the damage dealers. They knew how to call targets well. Nowadays, it just feels like fanatic teamfights are chaotic. Uh, You can feel this kind of lack of coordination in terms of who they're trying to pick off and what their ultimate goal in fights are. They're very good at map rotations. They know where to be at the right time, and that's the yellow star effect. You know, be at this tower, fight for this dragon, get this Rift Herald. They're probably going for Baron at around this time, so let's word a minute beforehand. All that stuff they do well, but when it's actually a five-on-five meeting, Fanatic's fallen apart recently, and... I I don't know what that's the cause of. I don't know if there's just a disagreement on how they should be approaching these things, if it has to do with who's doing damage on the team right now, because we are in a more utility-focused 80 carry meta, so maybe reckless calling the shots isn't as important as kick us, potentially, in certain situations. I don't know what it is. Uh, Good news, Rocket has great practice to work all this out before they play G2 on Sunday. Uh, So that's going to be a thing. I, I agree with you. If this was week two, Rockat, maybe their team fighting would be a, a point, but this team is just terrible. And as I tweeted to you as it was going on, I sent you a message about Ray's In game one against Shulk, Rays made one of the worst Alistar plays I have ever seen in my entire life. It was it was a flash into nothing that then Did a pulverize, which was just basically at empty ground. The enemy was not even remotely close. I, to this day, have no idea what possibly could have caused it, other than that he's raised, and that's just what raised does. That's enough of this. Where's the line, Walter?
0: I have Fnatic at minus 333.
1: Okay, you get this one. I went too low. I said Fnatic minus 300. I just felt like we were keeping lines low last week. We didn't have a single line last week above three oh three. I was wrong to do so. It's minus three fifty-seven, which is entirely reasonable. I wouldn't touch Rock at plus two fifty for in a heartbeat.
0: Yeah, not not at all. And I think this week we're gonna see some slightly higher lines because it matters so much more. And mm. we've seen eight full weeks of these guys playing against each other. So I feel like the casinos kind of really have nailed down who's good and who's not and who is most likely to beat who. And when it comes to Rocket, you know, we made the joke on the podcast last week. Take 4-0 against Rocket. They're gonna go 0-4. And I did heed, I did heed a warning that, you know, these these really bad teams in both of the regions are going to win something. You just don't go this tremendously long without winning something. And, you know, Rocket was able to show up against Shulk, But I just don't, you know, I I wouldn't touch them either here. I don't think I would touch them against either of the teams they are going to be playing this week.
1: Well, and this is where we get to the second game we need to talk about, which is Origin versus Splice. And for those of you who are wondering why we're not putting Splice in the but what could happen about the seven seed conversation, it's because Origin has to play Splice. And I find it very hard to believe that they're going to do well in this matchup. Walter, we've seen Splice come together as a team recently. I, I think I messaged you saying that this is my favorite team to watch right now, just in terms of how they're team fighting.
0: Yes, and I told you, don't you dare effing jinx tomato cannon.
1: I, I look, uh, Potato Canyon, you know, he survived being on Rocket. So as far as I'm concerned, it's like, uh, it's like uh, the Mark in Harry Potter. Where you know Voldemort can't do anything because of the Death Mark, like that's you know he has the Rock at Mark. He is protected from my jinxing powers because I only know how to hurt my own team. And he somehow survived and had an incredible career. So clearly I can't hurt him anymore. Uh, but we're gonna. I mean, is there anything to say about this? I mean, Origin doesn't team fight nearly to the level that Splice does. Is there any? One thing that could turn this around for origin. I mean I think we both know the answer but I think
0: I, mean, I, I think the answer is honestly no, but if it is going to be anything, it's that Soaz actually cares he actually cares about ending the season on a high note that he doesn't want to have this go down as one of his worst seasons ever which let's be honest, this is one of the worst worst seasons I have ever seen out of Soaz. He was terrible this year. For the most part, he did have some games where you're like, "That's the so as of old." But for the most part, he looked like he was, you know, already on a beach, sipping a mai tai and enjoying his European vacation. That's right, folks. Even like four months away from MSI. Okay, not four months. Like three months away from MSI. I can still make European vacation jokes.
1: And as you should. I, I just don't know what to say about Origin at this point. This is a team that had everything handed to them. They had a ton of talent. They got so far in world so they had money, and they wasted it. And they wasted it on poor management decisions. They wasted it on bad work ethics that drove their star bot lane to go to their biggest rival. And I'll put it this way, right? You know, when Kevin Durant left for Golden State after Golden State beat the Thunder in the semifinals. People were like, oh man, I can't believe you'd leave for the team that beat you. That's so terrible. You know what people said when Sven and Mithy left? Yeah, I wouldn't want to play on that Origin team either. They don't work hard. I'd want to go somewhere where where they'd actually work for it as well. And I think that says everything about the culture that Origin has created, the way they have presented themselves. It's embarrassing. They should be embarrassed by this. And I know that they're not because Soaz is so openly against all coaching, all an analysts, everything that has to do with looking at his game and actually fixing the problems. And XPK has always been that way and created the most player-friendly culture he could, even if it meant alienating all of his employees that we talked about last week for a bit. This is the end product. Uh, have fun getting trampled by Splice this week, guys. I, I I don't know what else to say than that. Where do you put the line, Walter? I have the line as Splice minus 350. Okay, you get this one as well. Again, I I was so afraid that we were going to go low, especially because Splice got such little credit last week. The Splice H2K line was insulting, and I just thought, I guess we're just not giving Splice credit. So I said minus 240. I was way off. It's minus 333. Which puts Origin at plus two forty, which is entirely reasonable, because Origin's not going to win this.
0: Yeah, that's that's not something that I would I would touch at all. But let's not forget, like last week, yeah, Splice was not given a lot of credit, but they two owed Fnatic, and they two owed H two K. And even though H two K sort of been slumping, there's still this sort of held belief that H two K is you know the third or fourth best team in Europe. And the fact that Splice put such a drubbing on Fnatic in Game 2 and onto H2K as well, you have to give him credit this week. You really have to look at them. And that's why I'm so worried about the Chase, Wasson, or Jinx because I want to see this team go to Worlds. I think it would be super, super entertaining to see this Splice team at Worlds. So don't you dare
1: Jinx this team. Look, in, in all fairness to myself, They have a four-point lead over Fnatic for the two-seed with two games to play. There's no amount of jinx that causes that. If they were to lose that somehow, they would have done it to themselves, and I don't see that happening. They just need one point to seal the deal for all intents and purposes. They'll get at least one over Origin. I'd imagine they're going to pull off three, and that'll be the end to Origin's attempt to avoid relegation and the end to any talk that Splice is not a top-two team. And I'm just really looking forward to just wrapping that up in a nice little bow and giving the teams that have earned it the, the accolades they deserve. Because Splice earned this. They worked for it. They went from you know taking one map off of teams at the beginning of the split, being a kind of middle-of-the-pack team, and have climbed and climbed and continued to improve and slowly but surely move their way up to charts. The week-to-week chart that you get on esports wikis is just so indicative of everything that they've been able to do, I love it. I love seeing how this team has grown and developed, and they deserve all the credit they get. Um, And Origin deserves every piece of criticism that they get. Like I said, congratulations, guys. This is the world you wanted. This is the world you got. I hope you're happy with it. We're going to move on. Giants versus Rocket. This is going to be the end of Rocket potentially as an LCS team. I mentioned last week that I had prepared for their departure. They then got a two over Shulk, and I thought I would watch that and feel better, and I didn't. And that's when I knew that this team is just, it, it's just, it's over. I, there's nothing left to be excited about. In this series, you know what I'm most excited about? I can't wait to see Knight style on uh, an apathetic Betsy. Like, that's going to be great. I, Knight right now is one of the most fun mid laners to watch. And Betsy's on autopilot just waiting for his next contract for whatever team signs him. Like, it's going to be fun. It's just going to be fun to watch Giants tear through it and see Maxlore continue to grow because God knows Memento isn't challenging the guy. So what are you most looking forward to? I, I
0: would say I want to see Smitty J style on parade. hmm Like, I, I understand the whole night thing, but let's be honest, like, Smitty J looked God tier against Origin. Just there's one moment in particular that stands out for me where he like 3v1s them and, like, <laughs> dives their inner tower in mid lane as Fiora, and it was just perfect. and he It fought, was so much fun. And he just fought back out back out of that losing lane against the NAR and he just played very, very well. I'm not a Smitty J fan by, like, any means. I'm like, oh, yeah, Smitty J is the best top laner in Europe. Not even close. But it's just nice seeing different players, like, have these moments where you're like, damn, that was impressive. Because that was impressive, and it was even more impressive because he went and killed the Jana and the Azir after like stutter-stepping and going, wait, can I get past this Azir wall? And because Power of Evil's Azir wall was so awful, <laughs> there was a little space between the wall and the actual like map wall, and he was able to walk through it, queue kill the Jana, kill the Azir, and then get out like alive. It was it was kind of hilarious to watch. And it just was sort of the quintessential moment of the origin season, where yeah, it's just a really, really bad team. So I'm excited to see, you know, Smitty J play. Better The fact that he's been playing better the last couple weeks, I'm excited to see him on the Fiora because that was really the one champion he really stood out with um, Mm -hmm. last season when he was on Dignitas and beating Darshan with it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, moving forward, this team is not about Smitty J, it's 100% about Knight. And the fact there was that interview where Knight is like, I underestimated like Vladimir and like other meta champions... Now that he's playing the meta champions, now that he's really focusing on, okay, this is what's good, you know, sky's the limit for that guy. I really wish I had just gotten on that, that hype train a little bit sooner so you could hold it over me.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I'm a proud uh, founder of that. Well, not probably the founder of the hype train, but I was all on board. Even in the preseason, I said I thought he could be a difference maker and he was going to have to be if this team was going to be any good. And that was absolutely the case, and he was. I will say this about Smitty J, though. Last week on the podcast, I was apologizing to you because I had been all aboard the Smitty J hype train and he had proven in week eight to be having and he had proven in week seven to be having a really difficult time. So I think he varies wildly. I'm not gonna depend on him to necessarily be the guy forever, but if he's gonna be that guy. Taking it out on a rocket team that should not really have any fight left in them is probably the best you can hope for. Where do you put the line, Walter?
0: So I have the line at Giants minus 300.
1: Okay, and you got this one as well. I, like I said, I got so spooked by last week where all the lines were lower than I thought. I said minus 240. It is minus 333. I don't like when you get to 3-0 leads over me, Walter. I got to be honest with you. And I don't I don't like this dynamic here. You know, it's a pretty
0: good start. I'd say it's a pretty good start because I need to make up some of these points. But don't forget, it was last year during the playoffs when I actually started gaining ground on you. You started building these really large leads during the course of the season. And then the playoffs, I slowly started to creep closer. So any points I can pick up here the last week,
1: it only helps my case. Are you saying that I'm the team Liquid of esports gambling analysts? Oh, is that well, what's happening here? Well, considering I think
0: there's only two,
1: <laughs> you
0: can't be fourth. So, <laughs> dang! Well, it. If you uh, guys see anybody else who are self-proclaimed esports gambling experts because it says so on their Twitter bio, let me know. Like, I would like Steve to get Steve be- his own podcast. I think that would be
1: <laughs> the first way to okay, go. So Our friend three. Steve Kafmeyer at a uh, at. Esports fans, for the record. Uh, we love working with the guy. He should definitely yeah. have a podcast. We'll figure this out. we got to move on. Uh, Get me out of relegations is the second group of teams to talk about. Uh, if you don't know, Schalke and Vitality are currently tied at seven seed with 16 points. Uh, this is four points away from the 6th seed, so there's almost no chance that they're going to make their way into the playoffs. It hasn't been decided yet. Technically, things could go horribly wrong for the Unicorns of Love and horribly right for Shulk or Vitality. But since Shulk and Vitality play each other, the chances are really good that will not be the case. So let's break this down in this fight for the seven seed, which, as we said before, avoids relegations. That's a whole—you get to make sure you get that €100,000 paycheck for the next split. That is an important thing to grab. It starts with G2 versus Vitality. Walter, this is not the matchup Vitality wanted to have in a we have to get points this week or we might be relegated, is it?
0: Absolutely not. This was the matchup that Vitality thought was gonna end the split on, going, like, okay, so we're gonna be battling for like maybe a two or three seed here. Like that 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 would be great. Um G2 massively improved. Vitality made no improvements. They you know, downgraded at two of their positions and then had to go back to Shook. And while Vitality has indeed looked a little better with Shook back in the jungle, the team has just looked completely despondent. Kha has been playing all right, uh, especially with like the reemergence of Tom Kench. I'm hoping we get to see more Tom Kench from him because that was really something that he really loved last spring. But Nukeduck has just been very tepid. He is reminding me of like early at Nuke Duck before he grew out the hair. So yeah. I don't know if he needs to grow that crazy you know mop top back out by the time they get to relegation the relegation tournament or not. But it's really just come down to they haven't been able to make the jungle position work with either Mighty Bear or Shook. The AD carry position has been lukewarm. Police has had some moments. Where he's looked decent, where he's looked like a palatable jo- uh, type 80 carry. But it really revolves around nuke duck, just absolutely fell off when it, you look at the production that he had last split and the impact that he was able to make last split. And that really put a ton of pressure onto Cabo Shard, which, you know, there's only so much you can do. When you have to drag the other two lanes and the jungler along with you for for the ride, and you know even playing Olaf with Ragnarok, you can't carry a team that you know that heavily. You know it's been very
1: disappointing for Vitality as a whole. And to give Cabochard credit, I really do believe he's doing everything in his power to help this team. They just don't want to be helped. He's got six Player of the Game awards, and this team has barely won twice that many games I, it's just so hard for anyone else on this team to seemingly step up and you know what last week we were going through who's the fourth best team and the case for vitality and h2k they had the experience they were going to be able to battle it out they understood what to do in these big high pressure situations and then vitality went 0 four last week and that was your chance vitality you wanted to be relevant in this race If you win either of those series, if you take a map in either of those series, you buy yourself a significant amount of breathing room. Now you've got to try to take a map off of G2 Esports, and I don't see a single place where you have an advantage. You certainly don't have it in map awareness. You don't have it in jungle presence. You don't have it in laning presence. You don't have it in team fighting. I, I don't know what you're going to do unless you get the draft of a lifetime and Sean's, I, I just don't see it coming from him. I just don't think that he is that kind of coach. So it's going to be very tough. I don't see this going very well for them. Where do you see the line, Walter? So I have the line at G2 minus 280. Okay. I go down 0-4. Again, I'm going to get mad about this here. At G2 last week against the Unicorns of Love, who in my opinion are about the same quality a team was minus 263. So I put it at minus 260. minus 357. Vitality was probably even with
0: unicorns of Love last week, if you're going to compare them to you know fighting against G2, but that 0 and4 just really killed them. Yeah. That, I that mean- when I saw the O4, I'm like, okay, this, this tank's the odds for them, honestly.
1: Yeah. And that's the problem. You know, it's all about having momentum at the right time and there is nothing going right for them right now. Police looks as bad as he's looked all split the honeymoon period with Shook appears to be over. I I, I don't know. I don't know what this team does, but they've got to figure it out. The other team that's got to figure it out of course is Shulk. They're playing giants And, and we didn't have a second section for giants because they're so far behind a fanatic roster that, you know, has to get, you'd imagine at least, you know, your three points from Rockat, And if they do, then, you know, Fnatic seals the three seed. So I don't think it's really important to look at that side of things. And their lead is big enough and they have an easy enough schedule against H2K and Unicorns, where the teams are in the next section that, you know, I, I feel like they're almost certainly the fourth seed. Schalke is not a four seed. Schalke is desperately trying to hang on to a seven seed. What went wrong for them, Walter? Because you have to imagine, as soon as you're losing games to rock at, things are going really wrong really quickly.
0: Gilius, live by God Gilius, die by God Gilius. And I think it just, it just really bit him in the butt. I think that when he is not on, they don't really have somebody who is a outright carry. I think Fox can have some moments on his champions, but as a whole, it's iffy. You know, I don't think that Malzahar, or or I don't think Malzahar especially, is a Fox-style champion. He's really good at bursting, getting a lot of damage out in a short period of time. He's really good at making kind of quick reflex Uh, Movements, So Azir, you know, insect style things, Victor plays, um, and Malzahar just doesn't really fit to that. And picking the Swain was a very good, you know, kind of counter matchup against the, the Malzahar because you can't really just, like, burst Betsy out. You can't really do that if you're, you know, picking at him with the Malefic Visions. He can always go into the Ultimate and heal up some. I thought it was a very good you know, decision knowing that Malzahar is a very popular pick right now. And then in, in Game 2, it was just, you know, yeah, Fox was able to do pretty well on the GP, but Steve wasn't able to do anything. Memento was really able to get after Gilius, and the bot lane was just horrendous. Like, yeah. th- there's nothing else that can be said about that. For that series, Rawls and Straddle were just awful.
1: And it does seem like Shulk is putting a weird priority on what players they want to accentuate. You know, it, it's funny, because if you ask Steve, and I, I, you know, all you have to do, go on the esports wikis. You can learn so many fun facts. You know what his favorite champion in the game is, right? You know? Aurelia. That's his listed as favorite champion in, in, in a recent interview. You know how many times they've played Aurelia in a meta in which Aurelia is an incredibly popular champion? Once. One Irelia pick. You know what they've picked nine times this split? NAR. And I'm not saying that Gnar is a bad pick in this meta. I certainly think that Gnar does a lot of things in this meta. But Steve is not a guy who is going to give you perfect team fight execution unless you have a fox who can have the burst damage to follow up on it. Let him carry. Let him play the Jacks that he did so well on. Let him play Olaf where he had some great moments. Let him play the Fioras and the Aurelias. Give him a chance to actually be a carry top laner because we all know you need another carry because Fox isn't that guy right now. And I'm not convinced Mr. Rollas ever was. I know people liked him. He's always been to me a baseline AD carry. If you're better than him, you're an LCS AD carry. If you're worse, you're not. But Steve has the potential to be a carry, and they're not even trying. And I don't know if it's a a team problem or a drafting problem, whatever it is. I think they're putting their priority in all the wrong places, and I just don't like how this team is playing as a result. And in the meantime, I think Giants know exactly what they're doing, and that makes me very excited uh, for them in this series. Where do you put the line, Walter? So, because you sent me the
0: lines, you're going to get this one because I went way too high. <laughs> I have Giants at minus 250.
1: I uh, Yeah, you went way too high. I said minus 180 because I believe that they're going to continue to punish Giants for being 0-4 just one week ago. Let's remember, there's always a recency bias when it comes to how we analyze teams and we need to remember that you know, no one week tells the whole story. Uh, it is minus 192, which I, I think if it was a little higher, it wouldn't bother me. But it, on the bright side, it means that we might have some teaser value later, because I think that's a, a series that Giants could absolutely 2-0, without a doubt in my mind. I think they are the better team. I think they have a plan. I have no idea what Schalke's plan is right now. Um, And all of that leads us to Shulk versus Vitality. Assuming that both of these series go according to plan, this is going to be the actual battle for seventh place, where if someone gets the 2-0, they get the spot. If no one gets the 2-0, we're going to have a play-on match where one of them is going to break this tie. So I ask you, Walter... What do you think is the difference maker between two teams that seem to be lacking in difference makers right now?
0: Oh, see, there's only one difference maker on either one of these teams. And man, oh man, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse every time I talk about Shulk.
1: Because it's Gilius. That's what it comes down to. Do if- you trust him in this moment? Gun to your head, do you really trust Gilius in, in a do-or-die series? I would
0: ask the gunman for a coin to flip it. <laughs> I, that's how I feel. I would literally say, okay, give me a coin because I have just as good odds. He has every, he has all the talent and all the know how to just absolutely take over a game and just have an amazing performance. And he also looks like a newborn calf that just tripped over itself and is sprawling in the hay behind its mother because uh, it can't realize that it needs to stand up to actually move anywhere so I, it is it's completely a coin flip and um you know i think we're gonna get a tie and they're gonna have to play a third game and then that's a coin flip because it's a third game so yeah. it'll be a very interesting best of three series let me put it that
1: way i i cannot imagine how anyone would try to look at this series and and pick a winner because. Across both sides, I mean, Cabochard maybe is a, a better top laner, but his laning presence has been sacrificed by the what he's had to do for the rest of his team in terms of being around the rest of the map. I think that neither Shook nor Gilius is, can be consistently counted on by the rest of their team. I don't think Fox or Nukeduck look like the best versions of themselves. I don't think either bot lane is looking amazing. I don't think either team is well-organized I just, across the board, this just seems like two mediocre teams battling it out to see which one is slightly less mediocre. And so all of that said, Walter, where did you put the line?
0: See, I actually had a line for this. I had Vitality at minus 160.
1: Oh, you poor soul. I had it as a push, and it is a push, because there is no difference between these two teams. I got to ask you, Walter, if someone... You know, you have someone who's, like, trying to get into League of Legends. Would you tell them to watch this series? Is this a watchable series, With even despite everything that's on the line here?
0: No. I would say it's not because, I mean, I really don't know which of these two teams I would want to watch. Vitality has never been very interesting for me to watch. And, you know... (sighs) Chalk is is boring. Outside of the occasional Gilius brilliance, it's just, you know, very mediocre play and there's no real hard carry on this team. So, you know,
1: no, I wouldn't suggest this to anyone. I wouldn't either. But as an analyst who has to watch these games for a living, I am so excited to watch these two organizations basically battle to the death over a course of what will obviously be three games to see which one sure of them. Are we sure there's no way that third game could end in a tie?
0: What, <laughs> what would happen if literally both Nexuses exploded at the
1: exact same second? Just an infinite loop. Is there, a, is there an equivalent for penalty kicks where we get like one on ones with each of the five players <laughs> and whoever wins the most one on ones wins? Because so they have to pick a champion if, from if their position?
0: Happened, if that happened, where would you put Gilius?
1: Would you start out
0: with Gilius and just hope that you get that
1: point? or? Well, the problem is, oh, man, that's such a mind game thing. I'd throw out the support first because I'd hope that the enemy would spend a good, uh, a good player on it. And you just sack. Because the support's basically a loss unless you match against the other support. It's very hard for a support to win a 1v1 yeah. if you're actually playing champions at your position. Yeah. So I would send that out first. Count that as a sacrifice. Hope you knock out a big dog. And then throw in I probably throw in Gilius as my second big threat. I do. I, I I would put in Fox first just because of where the meta is. But I have more faith in Gilius than I do in Steve. If I if I'm in PKs, Gilius is the guy I want taking the last shot, and I watch with my hands over my eyes where I'm like just peeking through the little the little covers. It's it's terrible. This is gonna be a terrible amazingly terrible series i can't wait i genuinely cannot wait to see which you know both of these teams desperately try to lose and one of them stumble across the finish line but let's move on to something that's actually fun to watch and i like to call this game show let's avoid fanatic in the first round this is for h2k and unicorns of love who are two and three points away from giants respectively Giants are almost certainly going to be the four seed for all the reasons I mentioned earlier, which means that H2K and Unicorns of Love are basically just fighting to see which one of them plays Giants and which one of them is stuck playing Fnatic. So it's really important for each of these teams to get every single map they can. And funnily enough, it starts with H2K versus the Unicorns of Love. So, Walter. These teams both went 2 and 2 last week. I don't think we can necessarily blame Unicorns of Love for losing to G2 or H2K for losing this place for that matter. Those are the two best teams. But if you had to pick one thing that sets these teams apart from each other, what's the X factor you're looking at?
0: Tendinitis? <laughs> I, mean, I I honestly think that at the end of the day, it, it sort of comes down to the fact that Freeze has officially announced that he has tendonitis. What you know, what's the game plan here? Are they going to keep going with him and and either risk a long term injury? Is the goal that they're just trying to get through uh, into the playoffs and, and see you know what happens? Maybe they make worlds. Maybe they don't make worlds, and then he can take some long term rest. But I I think that's really what it comes down to is that. Freeze has been a shell of his former self. Mm-hmm. And granted, in week seven, he had a couple of good games, especially when he got on the Caitlin. And H2K against Vitality looked better than they had the, you know, the last few weeks as a whole. But you know, there's something weird, there's something magical about the unicorns of love where I I just don't know. I just don't know what exactly is going to happen every time they step onto the rift and it's fun. I'm actually enjoying watching unicorns of love. Even when I was so worried about watching Veritas and watching move who we just saw in North America were not stellar players. They were not players that I would have said, if I'm looking to import some guys into Europe, I would not have gone to Veritas and move. They would not have been my first couple choices. So they—they are the island of misfit
1: toys. Yeah. Europeans
0: for the second split in a row, and somehow from their get entire
1: their first split in the LCS, they were a team that barely qualified. They had so, they had to play a play-in game to play in the tournament to qualify for the qualifier to play into the LCS. That's how tough the road was for them. They had a, a play-in game against a team that I swear to God is named Tick Trick Duck. That was the team they had to beat in a best of one to even have a shot to continue in the Challenger Series to, even, to move on and be the team they are today. That's how close this team was to not existing as an LCS franchise. And every time I've counted them out, and every time... They just find a way, and it's with players that just make no sense. And I still don't think half of this roster is any good. And I am terrified for H2K in this series, because H2K needs to win this. I understand that they have a one-point lead, and they have an easier opponent on day two. But you do not want to give three points over to Unicorns of Love, and then be one map loss away from Origin, from losing everything. That is not the place you want to be. So, they've got to take care of business and I don't know. It there's just something about the way that Fizzachi just dominates in this meta and has this this presence almost in these team fights. He just initiates very well. They do a very good job of baiting enemies into objectives and taking advantage of every mistake that teams make. And that's kind of been H2K's thing for a while as well, but they've been worse at it recently. And I got to be honest with you, nothing from H2K's social media accounts makes me feel confident that any transition between 80 carries would be a smooth one. That calling out Yankos, when you said tendonitis was the one word, I was afraid you were going to say alcoholism because that's apparently a word we just throw out on social media now about our teammates. I I don't get it. I don't understand how Forgiven hasn't learned this lesson in the five teams he's played on now, if we count going to H2K as its own thing. But here we are, and H2K is going to have to deal with this, and none of these are the things I want to be talking about heading into a series that will define their path, not only in these summer playoffs, but to Worlds in general. Walter, where did you put the line?
0: So, I have my line at
1: H2K minus 150. Okay, you and I split this one, uh, because I also said H2K minus 150. I think that's a very fair line. It is H2K minus 130, which is unfortunate because it only gives us even odds for Unicorns of Love, and I would have loved to take them on a blue side map.
0: Absolutely. I would have loved to take them, potentially even for the series. I mean, we still could. It, it, There's it, it, still the it's, odds it's there. It's very gutsy to go for the entire series win, but there is a good chance, given the sort of free fall that H2K has been on, and we do not know what that locker room situation is like. Whether Freeze is going to continue playing, he said it was very difficult when he was asked about whether we were going to see forgiven at all this this season, and. Yeah. You know, we're going to learn a lot about Freeze as an individual, about whether he values his long-term career more than his short-term career. Because if he continues to play through this when really the only answer to it is just resting it, is just taking a break, you know, he could risk long-term injury here. So I don't think we're going to see forgiven. I think Freeze is going to try and stick it out. Um, but I think H2K may have, you know, because of this, may have just lost their chance at making worlds.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to remember a single time in sports or esports history in which someone described the clubhouse environment as difficult and it ended well. Oh, and I'm I was drawing say, a
0: blank. There's been plenty of times where, you know, clubhouses have been labeled difficult.
1: Yeah, no, it had that happens, but the happy ending afterwards is not particularly common. I'll Austin, put it that way. Austin was like in contention a year later, right? After the whole Ty- fried chicken and beer? <laughs> that's true. They just had to get rid of their entire staff and half of their players. <laughs> but other than that, it was fine though. Yeah, that's uh, good. Let's move on. Uh if you wanted to make a case that this is going to be a lot harder for Unicorns of Love, uh, here it is. They have to play Splice on day two. And I think this series looks entirely different depending on how their series against H2K goes. Because if they lose against H2K, they basically have nothing to play for. The odds of either Shulk or Vitality catching up, given that they have to play each other, is so minimal that they'd basically be locked into the sixth seed at that point. But if they win, then taking a map off of Splice suddenly would secure them at least a playoff match against H2K for the five seed, which again means avoiding Fnatic in the quarterfinals, which you really don't want to play Fnatic in the quarterfinals. Walter, what does Unicorns of Love have to do if they're gonna take this map against Splice?
0: They need a little bit of magic. That's what it comes down to. They just need a little bit of that unicorn magic. Um, they need to hope that, you know, Splice has a couple missteps, but Splice hasn't had many missteps these last couple weeks. They have looked like the second best team in Europe, and, you know, they, they took a game from G2 not too long ago. They look like a very strong contender. All of their players are meshing at the right time. It would really take, I think, a kind of a Herculean effort from Vizicachi and one of those three new players to really you know, pull one over and and tread
1: on the snakes of Splice, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what Unicorns of Love's path to victory here is. Because Splice, if nothing else, they've been a team that doesn't leave openings. They have been a team that plays very well as a unit. Their synergy on ganks have been on point. Their early game has been magnificent in that regard. Trashy has now become... One of my favorite junglers to watch in the first 10 minutes of any game he's in, in Europe, I should say, because North America is much more aggressive in that regard. But if you're going to do it in Europe, Trashy's the guy who does it. Uh, Wonder has impressed me the last couple of weeks. I'm still not as sold as you are, but I think he's done what the team needs him to do. And there's just no weak link for Unicorns of Love to exploit. And the one thing they have... And you call it magic, I call it drafting. Sheepy has shown time and time again, no matter how many times you and I underestimate him on this podcast, he always has one more trick up his sleeve. And given that we just had the 614 patch, we saw Veritas bring out Ergot as an AD carry, anything is possible. And if you're Splice, if you are the tomato cannon, I mean, how do you prepare for a team like that? Especially if you're locked in from the day before. If you take care of Origin, you're locked in as the two seed. You probably don't care about this match as much. You're not probably spending a whole bunch of time worried about what pocket picks Unicorns of Love are going to throw out there. So something could slip by the radar. I'm not saying it will happen. I'm saying it could happen. And that's the hope that Unicorns of Love have to cling on to. Because if they do not get a point in this matchup. It's almost irrelevant what happens against H2K, unless H2K blows the next matchup we're going to talk about. But for this matchup, where do you see the line, Walter?
0: Uh, So for Unicorn's Love versus Splice, I have Splice
1: at minus 225. Okay, you get this one and with it the week. Congratulations. You improve. You're only down four now. It's 11 to seven in my favor. But it's close. You're in range. And North America has been a problem for me uh, until the last couple of weeks. So it's very possible that all the scouting you've been putting in is going to pay off. I said Splice minus 180. I Again, I underestimated how quickly the casinos would be to pick up on the fact that Splice is actually really, really good. It is minus 233. I I, I wouldn't take Unicorns Love at Love plus 175 on either one of those maps. I think it's very much in play, but I think that you have to trust splice to do splice things now if splice do lock up the 2 seed on day 1 go hard on unicorns of love on red side don't you know don't think about it just lock it in know that unicorns of love are going to have a weird red side last counter pick that nobody saw coming and trust that there are going to be a a good chance that splice isn't ready for it that's the hope for unicorns of love h2k of course has a much easier path they play origin we've talked about both these teams already walter what was the deciding factor in the line that you picked and where is that line
0: the deciding factor is that h2k is not origin and origin has been a dumpster fire for like nine tenths of the season so origin cannot be favorites um i think because h2k has been playing poorly the last few weeks it does bring them down slightly but I have it at H2K minus 180.
1: And so I get this one, but just barely. I said H2K minus 200. It's H2K minus 192. And I know I'm harping on this, but Origins 80 carries toaster. And there's a chance, there's rumor that they're bringing Xpeca back for week nine. It's not confirmed, but there are rumors that this is a thing that they might do because they are so worried about their shot calling. And if that is indeed what happens, all hope is lost for anyone that is remotely an Origin fan. That would be the coup de grace on a season that just went wrong in every way. And I and I think, you know, the reason we're not going into it is because there isn't much to say. One of these teams looked like a League of Legends team. One of these teams threw away one of the most talented rosters that we'd seen and one of the greatest runs we'd seen by a Western team at Worlds in a while. And here we are.
0: Okay, quick question but, before we move on. Please. About Origin. Yes. Do we see XPK and or Soaz play another professional game ever?
1: Yes, but as a substitute. Yes to both? Yes to XPK. I think Soaz is done. I think they're I,
0: both done and they both move on to streaming.
1: I think that's very possible. I think there's something about XPK. Like, if he was going to move on to streaming, he should have done it a year ago. He runs the company. They made bank. It shouldn't be this hard. He's sticking around because he doesn't know how to let go. If he did, he could have signed Toaster two weeks into the season. He really believed that he was the savior of that team. And as long as Origin continue to exist, and that's really, I guess, the question. If Origin loses in relegation, we never see either of them again. No doubt about it. I don't think Soaz returns no matter what, unless X begs him to stay. Oh, and, yeah. And, and that would be like the one situation. But I don't know if X can let go. I, I know, think Origins
0: done as an org. That's, that's what I think. I think they lose, they go to Challenger Series and they just sell a spot because if you're Peke, why would you keep a Challenger team? The entire well, purpose of making the organization was that you wanted to run your own team and you wanted to get back into the LCS and... Now that you potentially are falling back into Challenger Series, if they do lose in relegation, what's the point?
1: Yeah, and certainly we will talk about whether Origin is better than Millennium once we get to the relegation tournament, uh, when we get a chance to really go through some of those Challenger VODs and really see how all these teams are standing. But until then, we have one more matchup this week to worry about. That is G2 versus Fnatic. I call this the praying for a miracle match for Fnatic because they are four points behind splice they would need splice to somehow blow their series against origin and unicorns of love which likely is not going to happen but if it does suddenly this g2 game matters for them uh on the other hand if they blow their series against rocket for whatever reason this series matters in the opposite direction because they're only three points ahead of giants So there are two teams potentially looking at this as a miracle. On the other hand, G2 has a four-point lead over Splice. If for whatever reasons they're unable to close it out against Vitality, this is their final chance to do it. My bet is that both of these teams will be locked into their seats before this match starts. But, Walter, given that these are two playoff teams, two teams that we could very likely be seeing, you know, potentially in a final series in Europe... What are you most looking forward to seeing, uh, as far as you know, matchups in either the team or in individual players? What What are you looking forward to the most?
0: I I want to see if they just go completely standard or if they bring out something weird. I'm very curious to see how highly Fnatic values a late season victory over G two uh, for their confidence for getting Kickus you know comfortable with everything. I think I expect actually. Both teams to just play very standard um, and try to show as little as possible going into the playoffs. And in all honesty, I you're right. I think this this series this matchup is going to basically be rendered moot by earlier uh, earlier games in the week. So it'll be interesting to watch, but I don't think we're really going to learn a whole lot about either team other than if you know how highly does Daylor and the rest of the Fnatic organization value beating G2, you know, the last game of the season, essentially?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's certainly a lot of pride on the line for both of these teams. G2 wants to prove that they are the best team. I also, let's not underestimate, this is a Kickus revenge match here. G2 Esports, they were told, pick between me or expect. They picked expect. Fnatic said, we'll gladly take us off your hands then. And now we get Kickus versus Expect in the top lane. I hope that these teams both give them just carry 1v1 top laners and just let them duke it out. Don't gank it. Just let them, let them fight. Let them get the solo kills. Let them prove which one of them deserved the spot. I would love to see that. That's not going to happen, of course, because what Kickus does best is he teleports in and makes all these plays for his team and – you know, I, I think that at the end of the day, what Fnatic really has to prove is that they can play as a team and team fight successfully. And if they can't take a map against G2, it'll be because despite all of their objective awareness and all of their ability to rotate and grab dragons and even grab barons, they cannot turn that into victories because when the big fights happen, they don't know what to do. And G2 is a team that knows exactly what to do when the big fights come around. And that's why they have yet to lose a series. Unlike, say, certain North American teams I can name right now. But, Walter.
0: I have no idea what you're talking about.
1: (laughs) No clue. All all backhanded stabs aside, uh, where do you see this line? So for comedy
0: value, Chase, I want you to give me your line first.
1: Oh, okay. I said G2 minus 180 because ladies and gentlemen, it's only
0: fitting that we end our European regular season Guess the Lions podcast with, I also picked G2 at minus 180. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a tie! There we go. We tied the very last game of the season. I can think of no better way (laughs) to move away from this god-awful best of two format because, you know, quite obviously, (laughs) Riot listens to us when we, you know, making uh, league championship series decisions such as formats. So we'll see you all next spring with the best of three series that are going to be happening in Europe. I'm just,
1: I'm calling it now. Man, we didn't even plan that. That's the best part. I had no idea. The second I read it,
0: I was just like, yep. We, of course, (laughs) the very last game we talk about, we both picked the same line, and it's.
1: Now I just wish I'd been slightly smarter on one of them so we could have been tied six and six for the week. That's the only way it could have been better. <laughs> I, uh, I will not miss best of twos. I understand you know, people are going to look at it and they're going to compare it to North America. And they're going to say, oh, but so many more games matter now because these teams are so close in points. No, that's not, that's not really what happened here. What happened here is that so many teams are so close to the middle of the pack that we have artificially created closeness in points. If you let these teams play a third game, they'd probably be just as packed together because these teams just aren't that much better than each other tier-wise. You know, Splice took a while to get to this top tier, and other than G2, no team has remained top tier for an extended period of time. But the bottom six teams? Those have been pretty clear for a while now. And honestly, I'm not going to miss best of twos in the slightest. I hope, I really, truly, desperately hope that Riot will not put us through another split of this. And for the record, I hope that they don't put the LMS through another split of this. Taiwan's been doing this for two years now, and I know people who fight for this format and love that. You know, free Taiwan. I'm sure that's a statement that cannot be taken out of context by anybody. But I'm going to say we should free Taiwan specifically from the best of two format. Uh, Walter, now that I've potentially gotten us in trouble, where should our smart money bets go? I mean, I'll get us even more in more trouble.
0: You know, this would be the first time that Riot, you know, artificially created something. No, it would not. Uh, Bazinga! Smart money bets, though. You know, the problem is we don't have a ton of value because a lot of these matchups,
1: you don't have really good underdogs. Could Can we I- take Giants to get the 2-0 over Schalke? Because I have no faith that Schalke that is going to take a map here. Okay. Okay. I just I think Giants are really good, and I think Schalke has no idea what their identity is. I like, now. I like it. Let's do the 2-0, oh, Giants <laughs> over Shulk. And That's plus 131, by the way. Absolutely. I like it.
0: I like uh, it. I like it.
1: Where do we go next? Hmm.
0: <laughs> hmm. Let's see.
1: Could I talk you into. See, the problem is that there are games I throw out there, but they might not matter. Like, I could say Unicorns of Love on Red Side. I still like that bet. But we have no idea if that series is going to matter to either one of those teams by day two.
0: That's, that's very true.
1: So that might be the best case for it, because that might encourage Unicorns of Love to just go for it anyway, because why not? I don't know. It's so, plus 175 for a map against Splice. Let, let's I, do it. Right? There could let's be a weird pick counter. It. Let's just pick it. Let's pick. And for the first time, yeah, you know what the best part about this is? The best part is that every time we've done this bet, uh, we've done it on a uh, blue side, and we've lost almost every time we've made that bet absolutely So and and not because they didn't get the 1-1 but because we bet blue instead of red so now that we bet red it is almost guaranteed Unicorns of Love will get a point by taking a game off splice on blue that is the way that this podcast works people don't blame us, blame best of twos we need one more um well do we want to look at that last series of the week
0: do we want to look at G2 Fnatic for anything at all
1: do you I mean, think G2 2 0s them? I think G2 could 2 0 them, and that would be plus 179. It wouldn't shock me. I think the problem is that G2 by that point likely has nothing to play for. So I think they will go standard. And I'm not sure I want to infuriate a kicker grudge scrudge by disrespecting him. Um, I think it's much more likely, for example, that H2K gets a 2 0 over Origin. Because we have no idea how that Unicorns of Love game is going to go. But if they, assuming that they won one or lose that series, that series against Origin matters tremendously for them. And I don't think Origin is a good team. I'm down. Let's do it. H2K okay. with the 2-0 over Origin. Which is also plus 131, by the way. Uh, so to wrap this up... And by the way, last week, in case you're curious... We took Giants to get the two over two o over Origin. That was plus two forty two. Won it. Splice to get the two over H two K. Plus two thirteen. Won it. Rocket to go zero and four. I mean, I won spiritually because my team won a game for once, but we didn't so, quite pull that one off. So, so here's
0: so here's the problem, guys, and and I'm I am at fault for that if you actually gambled on it because I actually gambled on that. I actually. Typed in, you know, into Unicorn, 1,000 Unicorns. You know, two victories for Shulk, two victories for Unicorn of Love. And the next time I checked my phone, Rock had a 2-0 Shulk, and I just sat there going, "Aww,
1: <laughs> aww." Here's something that'll make you cheer up, Walter. We made more money last week than we have in the entire European season so far. We have doubled your money if you listened last week. That is $708 of profit now. Hey, So we're a proven commodity in Europe. There's the asterisk we have to put on that, and we'll get to why that happens it, it tomorrow. It makes
0: sense, though. It makes sense because, as you just stated earlier, Riot artificially created a system that only made the games at the end of the
1: season matter.
0: So there <laughs> you go. It only makes sense that we win big in week eight.
1: So there we go, and and now it is Giants plus one thirty one to get the two over Schalke, H two K plus one thirty one to get the two over Origin, and Unicorns of Love plus one seventy five to get the win over Splice on Red Side. This has been another episode of the Guest Alliance Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe on SoundCloud. Uh, at soundcloud.com slash esports rough drafts, or on iTunes if you search for SoundCloud on the podcast section there. It really means a lot to us. We love reading the reviews. We love seeing your comments. Uh, We also love getting notes from you guys on social media. I'm at redshirtking on Twitter. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? You guys can find me
0: being an insufferable new pet owner over at c80s underscore LOL. I did this entire podcast with a two-month-old kitten Running back and forth and chewing on my feet, so
1: and, and amazingly, only want. one meow got on on microphone, which was pretty impressive. I only heard her once. That is a well-behaved kitten. Well, now so she's chewing on my cord for my headset. So, <laughs> I mean, look, you take what you get, um, but maybe you can't trust your kitten. But you know what? You can trust. You can trust Slingshot Esports to provide quality content. I've had two different. Uh, interviews posted from my time at the E-League this past week. I talked to Virtus Pro's Neo, and I talked to Cutler from CLG. There are tons of interviews on there, t- tons of League of Legends interviews, uh, including Andrew Kim, who's been doing so much great League of Legends stuff. Uh, there's been so many great articles about all of your favorite games, from all of your fighting games that were at Evo back in the a couple weeks ago to Counter-Strike, to League, to Heroes of the Storm, whatever it is that you like. You can probably find an article that you're going to enjoy over at slingshotesports.com. They're our proud sponsors, and we're glad to be a part of their site. Uh, come back tomorrow to this very Slingshot page where you're going to see us break down week nine of North America where we get to ask questions like, who really wants to succeed in North America? And no, seriously, who really wants to succeed in North America? It's right there. You can just take it. No, seriously, go take the sixth seed. So until then, goodbye, Internet.